Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. When you have such bullshit, oh, I can't say that, hit the kill button. When you have such when you have such liars and deceiver deceivers at every turn, how could you not love Dean Martin? Play this song again because I'm not ready to talk about the lies of the day. You know why I'm playing this song to avoid talking about um, Comey to av- to avoid falling into the Comey quicksand, which is where the one string guitar is always uh, plunk. I mean, that's an easy one for two straight years. They had, they had a good run with two years of Mueller as the foil. Mueller, Mueller this, Mueller that, Mueller this, Mueller that. That was two straight years. Now they got Comey right through the election. So they could show how loyal they are to President Trump and get the pat on the head and the ice cream sandwich. So I'm watching this movie last night, you see, before I talk about William Barr and why he's not prosecuting Comey. Once you get to understand that William Barr is an interestingly complex piece of the establishment who is connected to Ruby Ridge, where he defended the FBI snipers who executed a mother and her son who were unarmed. Once you come to see that our attorney general, handpicked for the job, William Barr, actually went to bat, for the FBI undercover agent who shot Randy Weaver's wife and 14-year-old son and got away with it scot-free. Now, I don't know where the executioner is, Mr. Horiuchi. Mr. Horiuchi, the FBI sniper who shot Mrs. Weaver as she was standing in the cabin door. And I'll never forget, by the way, what uh, Diane Feinstein did during the cover-up. For that, she should be condemned to you know where. I watched the hearings, the Ruby Ridge hearings. You may say it's ancient news, but you could say the Civil War is ancient news. You could say the Revolutionary War is ancient news. You could say World War II is ancient news. To me, Ruby Ridge is not ancient news. It's very telling because here was a government agent who executed a mother and her 14-year-old son, an FBI sniper, no less, and got away with murder. And who defended him? Well, William Barr has his fingerprints on it. The guy who killed him got wrist slaps on the Louis Free. Remember him? Haven't heard from him in a while, have you? I wonder which hedge fund he's working for today. Could you play uh, Ain't That a Kick in the Head? Because I didn't mean to talk about it. And somebody... See what I'm saying? See where I'm going? Ain't that a kick in the head? Everyone, follow the dancing scissors. Was completely black. I hugged her and she hugged back. Like the sailor said, Ain't that a hole in the boat? 
Now, I could also talk about uh, Labor Day, which is a socialist holiday. <laughs> All you people are afraid of socialism. You're celebrating socialism with the Labor Day holiday. You, you don't know that as well. Okay, fine. We'll also talk about the truth about drug addictions from an addiction counselor, which is why I'm playing Dean Martin right now, because I'm not ready to talk about those things, you see. No, indeed. I'm just, I was watching a, a Clint Eastwood movie, which I'd seen in the theaters when it came out called The Mule. Raise your hand if you saw it. I see all the hands going up of people with white hair. Anyone without white hair is not raising their hand. I mean, Clint Eastwood is so great. This guy could do a movie from his, from his grave, and I would watch it. If there was any way to tap into him in the next world, I would watch the movie. So he plays a 90-year-old codger who is down on his luck and needs money. So he goes to work kind of accidentally for the Mexican cartel transporting drugs across America in his beaten-up old Ford pickup truck. What cop is going to stop him, right? So, okay, so he makes a lot of money in the first one. He can't believe it. Then he does another. Then he buys a new truck. Then he does another and another. And in one of the scenes... He's uh, driving in his new pickup truck, rolling in money from all of the drug transportation. Meanwhile, he's built a new kitchen for the veterans. At, what was it? The uh, Veterans of Foreign Wars. He built a new ice skating rink in town. So, And he's a Korean War vet. So initially, the Mexican guys kind of become fond of the old guy because he's got such guts. They figure he's, he's a daffy old guy, but he's got guts. So they, they take a liking to him. They get along with him. Then... The guy who's running the whole drug thing, played by Andy Garcia, hires his nephew or something to go out there and supervise, and he's a real A.H., and he picks on everyone, yells at everyone, pushes everyone around. So he starts trailing the Clint Eastwood character in a chase car, and uh, Clint Eastwood character doesn't know that he put a bug in his pickup truck. The Mexican guy did. So they can listen to him. Maybe he's talking to someone on the phone. Meanwhile, he's just playing music like ain't that a kick in the head. So the Mexican guys are murderers, and they're driving behind the Clint Eastwood character. And this old man is singing ain't that a kick in the head while transporting drugs. And eventually they get so wrapped up in this guy's laissez-faire attitude towards life, they start singing along. It's a funny comedic scene. It wouldn't happen in real life. I loved it. I thought it was great because it brings you back to the simple things in life. And it's a fantasy that a guy like that would be a drug mule, right? Yeah, sure. Like it's a fantasy that our attorney general would have uh, <laughs> would have helped the executioner of Randy Weaver's wife and son get off with a slap on the wrist. Sure, everything's a fantasy, isn't it? Well, this is the Week in Review on the Savage Nation. We'll go back and see what we talked about today. Monday, we had news fatigue. Yeah, you can't call me on that. Tuesday, I asked, what do you have faith in during these cynical times? I'm not in the mood for that. Today's too preachy. Wednesday, I was off trying to relax, which I did. Yesterday, summer at the Savage Hotel, I talked about Trump's environmental policies. I talked about the enemy within Omar, the terrible calling for the U.N. to come in and handle the border crisis. And uh, Dr. Marilyn Singleton was on. Great. That was a great interview if you missed it. She talked about racism, Russia, and ridiculousness. I enjoyed that interview. So if you care to chime in on any of these topics or any topics I haven't touched on, the phone number is 855-407-282. Any topic is fair game on Open Mic to Mike Friday. I want to play a little sound for you before we take your calls. It's a, you know, it's a good day to relax. It's Labor Day weekend, so most of you are not interested in the news, unless you're a fanatic and you want to listen to <coughs> call me. Uh, I'm just imitating someone in the radio. I want to talk about the Constitution and call me. Uh, or, or some other topic that you may want to hear. Here is occasional cortex encouraging young people to get involved with the Democrat Socialists of America, which, of course, is a front for the Communist Party USA. Listen to clip one. So you can join a local campaign. You can join a local community organization. If you're in New York City, you can go to your local community board meeting. Um, you can check out. Um, All right, stop right here. Listen, local- this woman is an overt, naked seditionist. Don't tell me that the Democratic Socialists of America is a legitimate party in America. It is not. It's a front for the Communist Party USA, and it is the most dangerous group in America. The grandfather of it all is the Seltzer Man, and this one is very, very dangerous. Now, she gets crazier as the, as the sound bites go on. 
She wakes up in the middle of the night at 3.30 a.m. She says, scared about global warming. Listen to this now, what occasional horse tooth has to say in the middle of the night. Even while I was on vacation, I woke up in the middle of the night at 3.30 in the morning. That I care um, about her. Just concerned about climate change. Oh, yeah, right. That's why you woke up 3.30. right? I... All right, stop. I can't, really sh- can't even use her as a foil. She's too stupid. I've met bartenders who have intelligence. This one is a dummy. Yesterday, she said that when the ice melts from the polar ice caps, diseases are going to be released that's gonna, that are going to kill us, prehistoric diseases. This is a congresswoman from, uh, from Queens, New York. All right, what can you do about it? The country's melting down. I like to watch videos um, on uh, the New York Post site. They usually get the best ones of... People beating up people of another race, for example. I can't mention which race gets beat up. No, which race does the beating. But it's they're all hate crimes. They're generally a group of teens, which is a code word, beating up an old white person. Oh, I, I didn't mean to say that, an old person. Either beating the old person up with a cane or the old person's wheelchair. Beating them, and when they're on the ground, kicking them in the head. That's what I'm playing. Ain't that a kick of the head in a way? And I watch these videos, and I say to myself, realize that these people have the same vote you do, Michael. Here you've worked every day of your life since you're five years old. You pay more money in taxes than God would pay. You have earned higher degrees. You've written many books. You've contributed to society. They have the same vote you do, the ones who beat up old people with a cane. And I said, therefore, democracy has failed us. You know, I know originally that only those with property could vote. I don't think it's such a bad idea to bring back the idea that only if you pay a minimum amount of taxes do you get the vote. Why would you give a vote to someone who's a permanent ward of the state? What do you expect one of these people who beat people up on a bus or beat up somebody at McDonald's because the French fries didn't come on time or because they were out of ice cream and they start throwing trays at people? You're telling me that person deserves a vote? No. The only reason they vote is for the illegitimate Democrat Party to stay in power. You see, their constituency are those who throw trays, beat people up with canes, illegal aliens, those in prison, uh, and those who hate God or don't believe in anything except raw power. Which is not to say that they're all wrong, nor that they're all right. It's just that they're totally illegal in what they're doing. And that's why I say we really need to think, rethink what we call democracy. It is a complete failure. I mean, do you agree with me or not? You know, you could actually disagree with me politically and agree with that statement. Would you say our system of government is a total failure when people who do not contribute to society in any way can vote and they have the same exact vote vote that I do? Why should they have the same vote that I do? Where is the democracy in that? Tell me where where the equality is in that. You know that many of these people that you see on these tapes, the violent ones in McDonald's, you know that they're crazy. Why are they voting? You're telling me these encampments of homeless bums should be able to vote? I say no. They should lose the right to vote. If you're awarded this, read one of them. They're talking about the encampments in Los Angeles or San Francisco. The guy says, we don't bother anyone. All we do is use drugs, have sex, and eat ice cream. Now, this guy's collecting welfare. He's living in a tent under a freeway. And he says, we're not bothering anybody. All we do is have sex, shoot up heroin, and eat ice cream. Why are you bothering us? Do you understand what it is when you have a permanent ward of the state and an entire class of people who are wards of the state have been and will be for the rest of their lives? Are you telling me they should have the right to vote? Of course they shouldn't. Of course they're going to vote for any demagogue who promises them free stuff. Well, that's the opening to the show. and ain't it a kick in the head. This is the Savage Nation. Let me invite the old calls again. 855 If you get to chime in on any of these topics or any topic that was completely off the charts that is bothering you, when I come back, I will talk about the history of Labor Day, which is a socialist holiday right here on the Savage Nation. Savage. Hey, here's a question. How did you sleep last night? Did you spend the night tossing and turning, worrying? Now, look, if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, You've got to try a purple mattress. The founders of Purple are two brothers who have been developing cushioning technology for 30 years on things like medical beds, wheelchairs. Well, in 2016, they finally decided to use their patented 
comfort technology to create Purple, the world's most scientific mattress. Now, what does that mean? How is Purple different from other mattresses? Listen, the Purple mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced. Why? Because it uses the brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. It was not like the memory foam that I'm used to or you're, you're used to. No, no. The purple material feels unique because it's both firm and soft at the very same time. So it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable. Unlike foams, it's breathable so it sleeps cool. It ends up giving you the zero-gravity-like feel so it works for any sleeping position. Okay, 100-night risk-free trial. You're not satisfied? You can return your mattress for a full refund. It's backed by a 10-year warranty, free shipping and returns, free in-home setup, old mattress removal. You ready? You're going to love Purple. And right now, my listeners will get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text SAVAGE to 84-888. The only way to get this free pillow is to do this. You ready? Text SAVAGE to 84-888. That's S-A-V-A-G-E to 84-888. Text S-A-V-A-G-E to 84-888. S-A-V-A-G-E to 84-888. Message and data rates may apply. We have systemic racism in the United States of America. It exists today. And it's a white man's problem. White men are responsible for it, not black men. Is there anyone listening to this show who would vote for, let's start again. Are there any white men listening to this show, Democrat or not, who would vote for this man who is basically telling you to get a uh, shovel out and dig your own grave and he'll supply the lime? Who is advising this schmuck to put down white males? His whole appeal is supposed to be to the working white man. And here he is attacking the working white man saying he's a racist. I don't understand how any white man could ever vote for him or any white woman, frankly, married to a white man or has a white son. Why would you vote for a party that's targeting your son or your husband? Why? All right. What can I say? And I want to go back to my main point. So they're doing a big thing on the vagrant bums, the violent vagrant bums in San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York. You name the city. We don't call them homeless here because that implies they're entitled to a home. No one ever gave me a home except my parents. And then when I became a young man, I had to get my own shelter. I had to work and pay for rent. And then I saved and I bought a little house. No one gave me a thing. I didn't inherit a penny. I had no white privilege. I had working privilege. I had the privilege of being able to work. I had the privilege of struggling my whole life. That's the privilege I had. And I'm proud of it. So you say homeless, that's an invention of the American left. They're not homeless. They're drug addicted or whatever the problem is. Some people are bad down on their luck. I understand that as well. But the large majority of them are mentally ill or drug addicts. Not all, the large majority. So they interview one of these bums in a tent under a freeway. And he says, we're not bothering anyone. All we do is shoot up drugs, have sex and eat ice cream. He said, I love ice cream. He has the same vote that I do. He has the same vote that you do. Why? Is there anyone listening to this show who can rationally tell me that this society can survive by enfranchising everyone in this society with the power to vote, even those who do not provide any tax base for this nation? I don't see how you can argue with me on that. Why should that man be allowed to vote? Tell me why. Well, I know because tomorrow it could be you. No, tomorrow it won't be me. No, tomorrow it won't be me and tomorrow it won't be you either. We're in a civil war right now, and you've got one party, the Demon Cat Party, that is openly socialist, openly racist against white people, openly uh, against religious people, openly against the U.S. Constitution, openly against law and order. How anyone could vote for them is unbelievable to me. And I don't know where this ends. I don't see how this can go any further without something's going to blow up. You know, there are probably... 80 million Americans who are armed to the teeth waiting for Fort Sumter. And, of course, that's what signaled the start of the Civil War. Years ago, I wrote, stop the coming Civil War. Some said you should have taken the word stop out of it. Well, we did on our side. We took the stop out of it, but the other side never stopped 
their assault upon our dignity, our value system, our faith, our family, our God, and our nation. And I am telling you as I sit here, there will be a Fort Sumter if these Bidens keep saying white men are racist. Savage. I'm not going to sit there and complain because, oh, you're just complaining. No, I'm not complaining. I'm predicting. I'm a prophet. I'm a radio prophet. When I said that I define a nation by the terms borders, language, and culture in 1994, people didn't know what I was talking about. Borders, language, culture. I defined the nation. I said a nation is defined by its borders, language, and culture. No one has beaten me ever in better defining a nation. I don't care whether it's a small island nation, take Fiji, take New Guinea. They're defined by the perimeters of their islands. That's their borders. Their languages, of course, are multi, many languages or dialects, defines the people in the islands. And, of course, their culture is defining of them. If you go to a remote island uh, in New Britain or New Ireland or New Guinea, even to this day, the people are defined by those things, including their culture. They don't want to act like they're from China or India or the United States, by and large. They revere their own customs. To us, they may be strange. Witchcraft, you might call it. Voodoo, you might call it. But it's their customs. And we're taught to respect the indigenous customs of every God-forsaken nation on earth except our own. The liberal preachers tell us we're supposed to respect every God-forsaken culture on the planet. Not just respect it, but worship it. But when it comes to the borders, language, and culture of America, forget about it. We're not supposed to have any. How did they get this way? How did they become so damn insane? How? Well, it's too big a question. Labor Day weekend, socialist holiday. The history of Labor Day is very interesting. I haven't gotten to it yet. Parades, rallies, grill. I don't know how firing up the grill. Why is that a thing for Labor Day, firing up a grill and giving yourself co-carcinogens? I don't get it. What are you supposed to do, burn a hot dog for Jesus or what? What's that about? Are you supposed to put the benzoapyrines into your stomach for a couple of days? Well, Frederick Engels, the co-author of the Communist Manifesto, actually had high hopes for May Day, which originated in the United States. I don't know if you know it, but it was a socialist-dominated organization called the Second Internationale jumped on the American bandwagon and adopted May 1 as the International Labor Day. And uh, now, of course, we don't celebrate it on May 1. You got your gompers in there. He was actually a distant relative, I found out, on the other side of the family. I mean, not, not direct bloodline. I didn't know he was a commie. I had a cousin who used to tell me about Gompers, who were descended from the Gompers on his side, and he's some big labor. I didn't, turn, I didn't know he was a commie, but he was. So then we have Labor Day. Now, the grill, the this, the that. And you're celebrating a socialist holiday, by the way. But we see it's a three-day weekend. People go to the mountains. They go to the lakes. What's there to go for anymore with the crowds? I was reading a story. You can't even go to Lake Tahoe anymore. There's gridlock. Who would go to Lake Tahoe on a weekend? Is anyone listening to shows going to Lake Tahoe? Are you driving on Highway 80 right now with the madhouse, the madhouse traffic already on a Friday? Bumper to bumper from Auburn straight up into the mountain. And what do you do when you get there? Ooh, I'm in the mountains. I'm free. I'm free. Now get on the line and go to the supermarket and buy yourself a, a hot dog for dinner. Or get in a line to go to a 10th-rate restaurant. I don't understand it. Then what, you're going to choke on fumes in the mountains? I don't know. What are you going to do? People have to go somewhere. Beaches, they're going to go and drown in Coney Island. Get swept under in in, in, in a... uh, What do you call that when it pulls you in? A riptide, right? Do you ever get sucked in a riptide, Jim? I got sucked in in Jones Beach. I almost died. To this day, I don't know if I ever survived it. I think this is all a dream. What a dream I've had since then. My father worked seven days a week. You talk about labor. He never took a day off because he had to keep the store open. Either he was out looking to buy stuff and to sell it, or he was out there trying to sell it so he'd have a meat on the table, so to speak. I don't know what happened. One summer, maybe my mother needled him to do something with the kids kind of thing, right? I remember once he took me to the circus. I remember I got a hat from it. 
some Ringling Brothers circus. I got a black hat. I wanted a white hat. He bought me a black hat. That's all I remember. Once I went to a baseball game, but not with him. Some uncles from Canada took me. But I was basically a lonely kid with no father to raise me. The only thing he taught me was work. Arbeit mach frei. That's all I was taught. Work will set you free. It's like a mini uh, camp, a mini encampment in the house. No joy, no laughter. Turn the radio off when you're in the car with him going to the, to the store. All right, turn that off. No music. You're going to work now. You're not going to a dance. I'm not making any of this up. So severe, horrible, horrible nightmare. You talk about how do you survive it. I've been doing fine. I mean, the work ethic works. You were raised on the pleasure ethic. You know, would you wind up like one of the kids on Pacific Heights? A, let's see, using drugs at five that the doctor prescribed or you stole from your mother who was at the opera that night with someone else's husband. And then at 15, you're using cocaine and heroin. And at 16, you're in rehab. Uh, that, that, and so that's if you're raised to do nothing. So work is not so bad. It keeps you, you know, keeps you straight and narrow. And that's it. So here we are, Labor Day, Labor Day, Labor Day. So one uh, summer day, my father took off to take the kids to the beach. It was a nice day. I loved it. I was so happy that my father was going to take us to the beach, pack the beach chairs, the cooler. I don't know if we took the dog or not, the killer dog, Tippy, who ripped my leg open. I don't think he was allowed on the beach. No, he wouldn't have gone. I remember the car, though, like a DeSoto. You ever heard of a DeSoto? So that's a car that uh, occasional Cortex should drive is a used DeSoto. It would be part of her ancestry of a conquistador. She's like a female version of a modern-day conquistador who thinks she's selling us a, a new bill of goods. So there was a brand of car called a DeSoto. My father liked it because it was like, I don't know, like a truck. It had a built-in roof rack, and he had to deliver stuff from his store. So it made sense. It was like a saw. You could hit things with it. Like it would bounce off the building. Nothing would break. <laughs> All right. So we get in the car. We got the beach chairs, the aluminum chairs. And we get out on the beach. I remember going in the water. I think it was around a Labor Day. And I do- it must have been one of those riptides pulls you in and you can't get out. So I'm just on the edge of the water there. I was always a powerful swimmer. I was on the swim team later on, believe it or not. I was a very good swimmer. And I... Wasn't afraid of the water. I've never been afraid of water. I love water. I know a guy who flies planes is afraid of boats. Would you believe it? I know another guy's a sea captain won't fly in a plane. People have different phobias. I never had a thing about water. I love water. I'm personally uh, looking forward to global warming because I, uh, I'm ready to swim if it's necessary. So I, we go to the beach, and I'm on the edge. I don't know. I waded in. Who knows how far in. All of a sudden, some kind of w- riptide undercurrent grabs me. An undertow, Right. And pulls me out. And I'm spinning over and over and over again in the water. I must have been 9, 10, 11. And I'm spinning around in like a slow-mo, slow-mo spin. And I'm reaching out and I'm trying to go up. I didn't panic because I I didn't know if it was real or not. I'm spinning and spinning and spinning slowly, though, real slowly. And I figure I I didn't think I'm going to drown. I didn't even enter my mind. I couldn't yell out because I'm under the water. Well, I don't know how it happened. Maybe God's hand reached in the water, but I wound up coughing on the shore. The wave that pulled me out suddenly threw me back in. I don't understand how that happened. Sometimes there's miracles on the planet. I got to tell you. I mean, you look at it. Usually kids drown when they get pulled out in an undertow, right? They don't come back. Uh, They come back blue. You get them blue uh, for the box. They come back a different color say color now they think racism no blue is not a racist color it's what happens when you die of uh, you know drowning idiots so here we are eh, labor day labor i'm not going to do anything i'm going nowhere i'm not going i'm not going anywhere i'm taking a staycation why would i want to go anywhere why do i have to go like a lemming right now where is it to go i don't understand where where are you guys all going today is anyone on the road right now I mean, I opened the show with heavy politics in case you just tuned in. And the main point was the reason Comey is not being prosecuted is because A.G. Barr uh, is uh, the man who should have done it and didn't do it. But A.G. Barr has a sketchy past. He uh, was involved with uh, giving a pass to the guy who executed uh, Mrs. Weaver and her 14-year-old son, the FBI agent. Where is that guy, Horiuchi, who executed them? I wonder where he's working today, Mr. Horiuchi, the, the prize American. And there was Diane Feinstein during the hearings of the killings of Randy Weaver. And they did the hearings. I wanted to reach the screen and say, you shameful witch, you. You shameful, greedy witch. 
So when they were interviewing the FBI agents, I remember to this day, the FBI agents were behind the curtain, so you couldn't even see them, the executioners. And there was Feinstein. And she was saying, so tell us, Agent H., what did you see when you pulled the trigger? Like a script. It was out of the Queen of Diamonds, Manchurian Candidate. Ah, so you did not see a person, Agent. Is that correct, sir? Ah, so you pulled the trigger and did not know she was behind the curtain, said Diane Feinstein, one of the most evil people in the history of the world. Remember what she just did to Kavanaugh? Do you remember how she crucified him and didn't pay a dime in penalty for that? How does she get away with doing a thing like that? Lying through her teeth about gang rapes, and she's still sitting up there in the Senate Intelligence Committee, you hear? Well, look, if you want to steer contracts, it's a great place to be. You know about the contracts before they're even written. That's all. Give me some music. I don't want to talk right now. The history of Labor Day I did. Labor Day represents a new year, new beginning. I was going to do the calendar today. I was going to do the Julian calendar, the Gregorian calendar, the Hebrew calendar. To me, Labor Day represents the end of the year and New Year's Eve. It's like a New Year's Eve thing. I mean, the kids go back to school. The seasons soon change. It represents the end of the summer, the beginning of a new year. What does January 1 have to do with a new year? It's an arbitrary. You probably think that the calendar was always that way, that January 1 was the, the new year. No, it wasn't. It's a rather recent phenomenon. If you go back in history, you see calendars going back to the Bronze Age in the ancient Near East. You had the Sumerian calendar, then the Egyptian calendar, the Assyrian calendar, the Elamite calendar. The Babylonians had their calendars. The Persians had their calendars. The Mayans had their calendars. The Hebrews and Chinese had their calendars. And by the way, the Hebrews and Chinese still use their own uh, calendars. I don't know if you know that. Why do you think Chinese New Year is never our New Year? Like in February, there they are with the gongs and the fireworks in San Francisco. They're on their own calendar. And did you know that there was even a calendar in France used for about 12 years called the French Revolutionary Calendar? It was purposely designed to reject religious and royal influences. That's the kind of calendar that Bernie Sanders and his illegitimate would like to introduce in America. Well, these ancient calendars were based on the lunar cycle and the solar cycle and measured different times depending on where each area was located in the planet and how they saw the sun and moon in the sky. The Hebrew calendar, by the way, has the New Year starting in September or early October. That's the point I'm getting to. The Hebrew calendar, the Jewish calendar, marks the New Year with a holiday called Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year. And it usually occurs in late September or early October. And that's the point I'm getting to. It's a new year when we can feel the change in the air. And Labor Day represents the start of those changes for many people. I'll be right back on the Savage Nation to talk more and more and more about less and less and less. Savage. All right, drop the tops on your convertibles and get ready for a big Labor Day weekend. Just become a DJ in my last years. That's all. Go straight entertainment. That's what America wants, sports, entertainment, idiocy, moron, moronic behavior, violence. That's all America wants. Right, can you blame anyone when they know that the political world is filled with liars on every level, that both parties are full of uh, hay? Why would they care about politics when they know that all politicians lie to them? They promise you one thing and you get another. Biden now is peddling racism, saying it's a white man's problem and they're responsible for racism, not black men. Now, how can he ever get a white man to vote unless that white man is a moron? Tell me, who would vote for their own demise other than a suicidal idiot? Apparently, there's a lot of them. They put Pelosi in power. They keep her there. They keep Feinstein in power, even though she's one of the worst human beings the planet has ever seen. Repeated offender. And there's no consequences for them. You keep a library book, 30 days too late, you go to jail. What can you do? That's what power is. That's why they struggle to get it. That's why they have the power, and you don't. Epstein wound up, he thought he had all the power. He wound up hung in the jail cell. We're supposed to believe he did it himself? Sure. Right. Sure. And the cameras were out, and the guards were asleep. We already forgot that one. Remember Justice Scalia, the, the uh, Chief Justice? Do I have his name right, Jim? Wasn't it Scalia? Oh, yeah, that, that guy, you know, Chief Justice Supreme Court. 
He went to a sleazy motel on a Tex-Mex border, and he smothered himself with a pillow. <laughs> he was, <laughs> he would give him an autopsy. If a bum falls in the street, the law requires an autopsy. Here was the chief justice found dead in a motel, smothered himself, no autopsy. All they did was fry his bones. Go ahead, tell me there's justice. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Investigators seize enough fentanyl to kill 14 million in massive bust. Ho-hum. Female inmate gives birth in jail cell alone after laboring five hours. Ho-hum. I'm reading off the Drudge Report. The Dorian, I'm not interested. That's a Florida story. It could be national, right? If it's a levy job that bursts, even though there's no levies. If Trump gets, God forbid that thing hits Florida and there's people knocked out of their houses, they'll blame him. Of course, they're blaming global warming, even though hurricanes have been endemic to the Caribbean since the beginning of recorded history. You read in Mayan dialects. You look at Mayan dialects. They're talking about some great thunderous being moved through the waters. That's before there was any global warming, so-called. What a bunch of schmucks. I'm blaming it already. I think they're blaming it already on Trump. <clears throat> the former prime minister of Canada says she wishes it hits Mar-a-Lago. How in the world do you people not see who the venomous, evil people are in this country? I don't know. I'm not that worried about Dorian. A, I'm not there. See, it's very regional. That's what I'm trying to tell you. When we had something out here in California, you didn't care on the East Coast when I talked about it. We had the fires up in Napa, Sonoma, thousands of people thrown out of there. Nothing you didn't care about is nothing to you. This is a big country. So you expect people on the West to care about the East? Well, yeah, you think it's a federal money will go in there. Trump already canceled a trip to Poland over this. A big loss. No, no, no disrespect meant to the Polish people out there. What do you need Poland for in August? I couldn't think of a worse place to go. That'd be like visiting the Lower East Side of New York in August. You smell like... Forget about it. The sewers thing. Why would you go to Warsaw in the summer? What was the point of that? Can't you wait till all the kids go home for back to college, then go to Warsaw? I don't know. He would cancel the trip, though, because in case he has to be in the scene like managing the... They got FEMA ready, don't they? FEMA's already there. They got the FEMA. Remember that big embarrassment because Bush was caught flat-footed? They blamed them. It was, they said it was global warming and racism caused New Orleans to flood. They got they ran with that one. That was... That was uh, who ran with that? Wasn't Harry Belafonte? That was Al Sharpton, right? <clears throat> they got racism and global warming in on the. Uh, well, now we got the next one coming up. Here is Al Sharpton. You got to listen to this carefully to see it, what insanity truly is. Listen carefully to this. His megalomania is astounding. Wait, did he say megalomania? Stop him. Even did, did he just say his megalomania? Mega? Megalomania? Mega? Is he talking about a woman in Romania? His mega Romania? I think he means megalomania. Here's a man who hasn't looked in the mirror recently talking about Trump's megalomania. He is Al Sharpton, one of the most evil people in the history of American politics, telling us our president is a megalomaniac. Let's listen, listen again. His megalomania, megalomania. is astounding. Everything is about him, even a storm. Look who's talking. When you look, look, look at look, the look middle talking. of a... Burn it down! Burn it down! Burn it down! Freddie Spashamon! Burn, baby, burn! Burn, baby, burn! you can see is yourself in the eye of the storm. Look who's talking. Ah, shut up. Another one went on a crash diet. Who was the other one who cut 100 pounds out of himself with with a little gastric bypass? No, no, no. The one in Congress. Who? Nedler, Nedler, Nedler. Wears the pants up to his uh, breasts. I mean, his uh, pectorals. Why does he wear pants if he went on a 100-pound weight loss diet? He has to ties the pants under his breasts, his pectoral muscles, I mean. Well, I don't know what it is with him. It's his decision. I'm a sexual libertarian. I don't care what he does to himself. You know what? It makes me sick, the thought of him having sex. I wouldn't care what his sex is. I get nauseous thinking of Jerry Nadler having sex. Ugh. 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 Perish the thought. 
So Nadler loses 100 pounds because of gastric. he has gastric bypass surgery. They cut out the 100 best pounds of him, and all that's left is horror and meanness. This other one, Al Sharpton, remember when he used to be fat in a jumpsuit, a stained jumpsuit with big hair, with a megaphone, burn it down? Now all of a sudden he goes on a drastic weight loss diet, and he's dignified Al Sharpton. Every Democrat has to go have some dinner with him up in Harlem in some Fakakta restaurant up there. Why does every Democrat have to kiss his ring? Who is this jerk? He has a following? I don't know one black person who cares for Al Sharpton. The kids don't care about him. They don't even know who he is. The older ones know he's a con man. So what is his constituency? The media. Every one of the Democrats has to go to Harlem and have a dinner or a lunch in some famous restaurant that you wouldn't want to be caught dead in because the food is too salty, too fatty, and too creamy for any human being. And they all have dinner with Al Sharpton. He's going to make them the president. I, I have a bigger following than he does. No one comes to dinner with me. You know, there's a thing that they call now, what is it, an influencer on the Internet, right, Robert? That's the new name for anyone. Like if a girl strips naked and shows you her private parts, she's an influencer. And like she puts out makeup or something, she charges a fortune to say she uses your makeup. That's known as an influencer. It used to be called something else, a person of consequence, a person of influence. Now it's an influencer. What does that actually mean? There's a soccer star from I had 80 million people on, on Twitter. What does that actually mean? Because he burps on Twitter, I'm going to go buy his product? What has happened to the world that you think that somebody who has a large following on Twitter automatically has a following that's going to translate into anything? Where did this thought come from? Well, it shows you the debased times that we're in. And what I'm saying to you is, influencers? Who's a real influencer in this country? Al Sharpton? Or occasional cortex has two, three million idiots on her Twitter feed? That makes her an influencer? She's more like influenza than an influencer. But anyway, here we are back at the ranch, the Savage Ranch, on Labor Day. I'm not caring about the storm. I, when is it supposed to hit? I'm having trouble in my studio with a chair now for a week. You think with all of my power and all of my influence, I'd have a chair that works. First, it was collapsing for a month. Go, do you ever get a chair, an office chair that goes down on the stem? So you say, well, why don't you just go buy a new one for $80? I don't want a new chair. I like my old chair, so I had to put, like, tape. I had to put duct tape on the on the stem to keep it from going down. All right, so it doesn't go down anymore. Now there's something weird happening here. I'm doing a show. I'm a very, uh, like, active talk show host. Ask anyone. My son once watched me in a studio 20 years ago. He said, I don't know how you do it. You're like a whirling dervish. You don't sit still for a minute. So I move around during a show, but my chair catches on the rug. So I'm forever grabbing the chair and pulling it over. Rug's crazy. What do you want to talk about on the show? It's Labor Day already. Let yourself go a little bit. The storm you want to talk? What can you say about a storm? Nothing. Nothing. You got property down there, so you're worried about it. That's all. You're boarding it up. You're taking the china and putting it in the suitcases or whatever. You're probably going into your safe, I would imagine, in, uh, in I don't know, in parts of Florida, like where it's going to hit, Palm Beach, Jupiter, hoarding your gold, taking your gold and hiding it to make sure it doesn't get washed away your last dollar. That's what you're probably doing down there. I mean, if you're in Jupiter or Palm Beach, right, or in that whole area, that little uh, Gold Coast area, you've got to be down there hoarding your stuff while telling people you're poor and you're like one of them. Grocery shelves emptying, gas stations run, run dry, fear of collapsing cranes, scooters could turn into flying projectiles. I don't know. It, it, you know, you get these storms, they come in. It's about to hit. It's two days out. It's going to hit. It's going to kill a million people, 65,000 houses. Estimated. And all of a sudden, the last minute, it turns and veers out to sea. How, how many times have you seen that when it's going to Cape Hatteras? They're all hunkering down, and they got Granny out in the, in the boondocks. They took her out in a blanket somewhere up in the, the Himalayas. And the thing comes in, and the last second, it turns back to sea. How do you know that won't happen? What's with the, what are a nation of ninnies? Everyone's panicking. The grocery shelves are empty. The gas stations have run dry. The cleaners have, t 10 million people in the crosshairs. Computer models, Monster Storm, Cat 5. Well, I hope it turns out to see. What if it smashes Florida? It proves what? It's called a natural disaster. Nothing to do with mankind other than we were foolish enough to build on a beach. Who would build on a beach? Even the, the natives, the Seminole Indians didn't build on a beach because they knew through history that storms would come in and wipe their villages away. So the Seminoles built inland in Florida. 
Only the stupid settlers built on the beach. And what happened? Miami got built up, and in the 1920s, it got wiped out with a hurricane. Now, there hasn't been a hurricane like that in the 20s that wiped out Miami since then. But we're overdue for another one in terms of cycles. Nothing to do with the emissions or nocturnal emissions, any kind of emissions. No emissions affected that, nocturnal or otherwise. The fact is, they could be diurnal, nocturnal, but there were emissions that didn't affect the weather. The weather was the weather, and that's what the weather is. I'd rather talk about the weather than the idiots who tell you it's because of global warming. But they're really peddling it. They got the script written. They went to Scripps Institute of Technology for the script on uh, global uh, warming and the, st- and the storm. Is anyone listening to me out there on the show? Where are you all? Where are you? You want me to talk about, uh, I will not say Comey again. I already did Comey. I tweeted what I think about Comey. It was enough already with Comey. I'm not wallbanger who didn't go to high school. You don't go to high school and, and you make believe you're smart and a genius. What you do is you talk about Mueller for two years, and then you talk about Comey for the next two years, and then you call yourself a genius, and you get a Nobel Prize in uh, Republicanism. I wrote this. I said, the only question to ask about the Comey affair is why is he not being prosecuted? And I said, answer, the establishment or deep state takes care of its own, period. What more do you want me to tell you about this? It's stupid to talk about it. The guy committed a crime, and he's not being prosecuted. So you ask yourself, wait a minute. The attorney general was appointed by who? Barack Obama? No. Let's fill in the blank. The current attorney general who is not prosecuting Comey was appointed by A, Barack Obama, B, Bill Clinton, C, Richard Nixon, or D, Donald Trump. Well, when you see the answer is D, you ask yourself, why not? Well, you got to look into Barr's history. And you got to see when he was at the FBI, uh, rather when the FBI uh, executed two innocent civilians at Ruby Ridge in 1992. You had a shooter, an FBI shooter, by the name, I forget his name. Here's a name. Len Horiuchi. I got the name here. Where is the FBI sniper, uh, Lon Horiuchi, who executed Randy Weaver's wife on Randy Weaver's own land and then executed his 14-year-old son, Sammy, and Sammy's dog? It was one of the greatest heartbreaks in American history if you live through it. And take a guess what happened to Horiuchi. Nothing. Why? Because the, the cover-up was in. You had Diane Feinstein as the chief inquisitor covering up for him. So the calico curtain was swinging, and you did not see who was behind it. Right, Sniper? Then you had Mr. Barr, the current AG, who worked for Louis Free, the time FBI director Louis Free. Remember him? Uh, they gave wrist slaps for the FBI officials involved. Wrist slaps. That's even though two people were executed by an FBI sniper. And who was involved with it deeply? Mr. Barr. Bar, 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 Baran. I'll be right back. Savage. Don't you miserable people out there who hate me have a, a, a second in your life that you're happy about? Nothing? I'm talking about mainly the people in the media who are jealous of me. I don't care what side they're on. Miserable, mean, horrible people choking to death every day. No matter how much money they make, they hate me. They can't. They hoard the money, and they tell you they're poor. It's wonderful to listen to this. I have a dilemma for Labor Day. Last night, I figured it's going to be a long weekend. So I figured I was going to barbecue. So I don't want to eat hot dogs, garbage, poison, direct from the bottom of the... All right, I'll eat one maybe. I get some sausages. I like andouille sausage, if you pronounce. Good. Always good. Killer. So then I, get, I look at the fish. I'm breaking out from fish, even though... I mean, I wrote books on nutrition. I know it's better for me. But I'm getting hives from fish lately. I don't know what's going on. I ate fish for 40 years in lieu of meat. And uh, I'm still living. And fish is better. We all know everyone wants fish, fish. But the, the sea is so fished out that what you're getting is the dreck of the seas now. Poisoned with antibiotics and chemicals and the, the sea themselves. are po- So I don't want to eat. I don't know. I'm breaking out from fish. So I buy these two steaks. They're like an inch thick. So I'm looking at the refrigerator. I didn't want to cook it even. It's like going to create a widowmaker. One causes hives, the fish. The other will do a widowmaker. So what am I supposed to do? I don't eat vegetables, be a vegetarian. I can't eat vegetables. I can't stand vegetables most of the time. I hate them. I'm, I become, I'm actually starting to hate vegetables. I know they're good for me. 
I can't. You know what I hate? Which vegetable do you hate the most, Jim? Jim, which I, I I'll tell. I hate cauliflower. I hate it. I can't digest it. It's like a, a piece of coral. It's like something from the Coral Sea. It's like something they dredged up when they were digging up the HMS Hornet. I can't eat that stuff. Big white. Why did God ever invent the vegetable like that? It's 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 rich in potassium and calcium. I get it. Excellent for you. I can gag getting through one head of one little piece of cauliflower. And there's an Italian restaurant I love nearby. When they give you a medley of me- vegetables, you always got to say, "Would you leave the damn cauliflower out?" It's a filler. Cauliflower is like the vegetable that no one wants. It's like the the poor relative that they throw in because it's like, how much does it cost to grow a cauliflower? Probably cheaper than every other vegetable. I don't. Who eats cauliflower? There must people must be cauliflower freaks. I don't like. That's one vegetable I can't stand. I can handle a broccoli. Okay, I got used to it. I like the local Italian version of broccolini. Fine, a little bit of it. Okay, get it. Goats normally eat it in Napa. Originally, goats were eating broccolini, but then turned it into a gourmet dish for the morons who go to the restaurant, the French restaurant. Big deal. French restaurant, like it's something special. $300, they give you a minimalist meal you could puke from. On the way home, you have to stop at a pizzeria in Petaluma on the way home. They go to all these restaurants up in the $300 for a fixed meal, and the wine is $400. And the people come out starving, famished. They stop like in a Denny's or a Pizza Hut on the way back to the Bay Area to fill up. They can't, they can't believe what they had, nothing. That's the whole thing in a nutshell. I'll be back in a minute. Be here or be nowhere. Savage. It is the Savage Nation. So that's a new discovery. Scientists are saying that they found artifacts in Idaho, which indicate that people were living in Idaho around 16,000 years ago. And here's the kicker. The discovery says that Japan is a possible origin or influence for the migration into the United States area. According to study leader Lauren Davis of Oregon State, you, 16,000 years ago, now they came from Japan. People are arguing over it. There was an old story about uh, crossing the Bering Strait. Remember that? The traditional narrative is that the peopling of the Americas that we know began after a migration of humans crossed a now-submerged land bridge called Beringia that used to extend from Siberia to Alaska. And the migration's progress south from there into the lower Americas was blocked for a while by massive ice sheets in Canada. But eventually a gap in the ice opened. That would be global warming, I guess, before there was any man here. Uh, And people moved through the so-called ice-free corridor. But they're kind of pushed that aside now because the earliest signs of humans having lived in the Americas And now some scientists are showing evidence that people had shown up before that corridor appeared. So now they're saying maybe they came here through the Pacific, either on foot or by boat or by both. So there you go, 16,000 years ago. It throws a lot of what we believe out the window, which is very interesting to me. Now let's go to the callers on the Savage Nation. Kenneth in New York, line two. Go ahead. You're on the Savage Nation. Michael? Yes. Wow. Yes. You You sound like my father or mother. Lecture now, me. Yes. I'm, what's I'm, what's on your mind? It's a little bit younger than you, long time with a long time fan. Okay, I think it's really interesting what you said about the Indians. The only thing I want to say is that broccoli and cauliflower are really good for you. I know they're good for you, but they, you know the first, one of the first things I learned when I was studying nutrition was that even though things are good for you, if you can't tolerate it, what good is it? You know what we do though? We grind it up, we make cauliflower rice, we had other vegetables, we had onions, we had peppers. We had oh, so are you are you a vegan? No. <laughs> what do you what do you eat? A T bone steak? You can have it with a T bone steak, you know, you gotta balance your poisons. No I happen to know you are right. I'm just saying I don't it's the one vegetable I hate. I normally I mean it's vegetables I like and don't like. I don't I can't stand bro, uh, cauliflower. Well you'd probably like it in cauliflower pizza. They take very, very thin dough. They grind up the cauliflower. They make like a no. I actually like a, a, a dough made of wheat. But but it's got a little. There's a bread I love called epi. It tastes like French bread, used, Italian bread that used to be in New York. You know, I don't like French bread that much, but Italian bread had a sesame seed taste on it, and the dough was so delicious. You smell the dough, you could faint it was delicious. What's wrong with that? I love it too. My dog loves it. If I bring home a fresh bread, this dog dies for me to pull out the white part of it and eat it. I won't give him the crust. He's too old already. Most of his teeth are gone. 
He, he looks like Clint Eastwood in The Mule. Uh, so what kind of medicine do you practice? I'm a recently retired otolaryngologist, head and neck surgeon. Oh, is there any truth to the myth that many men develop throat cancer as a result of a, a certain behavior with women? You know, it's an interesting thing. Michael Douglas was attacked because he said, even though he smoked cigars, right? Yeah. That his cancer was related to having sex. Oral sex. No, and he didn't say having sex. He went uh, uh, diving, diving below the southern hemisphere. No, no, well, you know what I'm saying, but there's something called the human papillomavirus. Yes, of course. HPV is endemic uh, in, in those parts of the human body. And HPV is becoming a major cause, especially in young people, of carcinoma of the tonsil and the pharynx. It's a little bit more sensitive to chemoradiation, and and that's why Michael Douglas, when he had stage 4 cancer, why he still looks good. In other words, if he had a stage 4 squamous cell cancer that was not HPV-related, it would be unlikely that he would be cured by chemoradiation. The odds would be way, way down. And I don't think he was making fun of women or anything. No, and we're talking about medicine here. This is not a a put-down of anyone's body or body parts. Right. I think he was criticized for it, but I think his acknowledging of that, acknowledging... No, but I'm asking you as an expert. You dealt with this stuff. Did you see a correlation on a a clinical level between men who did that kind of diving and, and, and throat cancer? You know... I'm older, not as much, but the recent papers in the last 10, 15 years, it's become a very frequent association between HPV infection. All right, but if that were so, if there was a correlation in men and throat cancer and that sort of sexual uh, proclivity, wouldn't the same be true with women on women? Yes, it could be. And okay. And I, see, if I were a young PhD student, I would, I would actually try to do a dissertation on the incidence of... Uh, of a throat cancer amongst lesbians, I would want to see if there's a, a correlation and a growing uh, incidence of such a problem. You know, and there's one other interesting thing. You remember- That's what I love about science is you can get away with saying dirty things and it's not dirty. But let me tell you who they attacked. Remember the former governor of Texas, who I think is our head of our Department of Energy now? No, who's he? Oh, yes, you, you, you know. Oh, Rick Perry, Rick Perry, Rick Perry. When Rick Perry, you know, I think times ago was running in the primaries for Texas, he came out in favor in Texas for the vaccine given to children as young as 12. Oh, I remember. No, I'm totally opposed to the vaccine for HPV. That was a disaster, right? Well, I don't know that it is because the incidence of HPV infection among adults is close to 40 to 45 percent. And that It's that high? Right, and it's especially in young people, and it's very highly. Associated. Well, they're all they're all pro, you know, they're very sexual. Yeah, today they're all. My mother said said to me, "Sex is dirty." I don't. That's how she looked at it from her generation. Was she wrong? The old fashioned way was much safer. They married one man for the rest of their life. The guy died. They lived without anyone for the next forty years. They lived without sex for forty years. It didn't kill them. Anything now you feel if you don't have an orgasm three times a day, you're going to die of a heart attack. I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> no, I mean, the current modality, you, you open up a newspaper, you're supposed to have an orgasm every three minutes in order to be a current American on Twitter. But the old one, they would marry, they'd live together X 30 years, 40 years, one would drop dead, usually of a widow maker from the food they fed them. Then the wife was left with the house and property for the next 40 years to live with her sister-in-law. She was happier. So the only thing I can say is that's one vaccine. I understand what you say about vaccines. I'm a follower of this one of these doctors, a neurosurgeon, about neuroexercycles? No, no, it's neuroexcitement. Neuroexcitement, I can tell you a lot about that as well. No, 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 it's not a matter of sex. I'm joking. Come on, I'm just having a light light moment here. I love York. See, I I miss the New Yorkers who used to call the show. Guys like you are the greatest. You're smart, you're educated, you have a sense of humor, you can roll with a punch. You could throw pretty good punches. I love it. But you're actually giving us good information. But did I actually learn anything? Again, I want to go back to my primary question, and I I don't know if I got an answer. Is there a correlation in the scientific literature between men who do that particular uh, motion and and, and cancer of the throat? Related to the the presence that that spreads from the the sexual organs to the oral, oral, oral tissues, 
of the HPV virus and is a very significant increased association, especially in aggressive cancers in young people. People should know that. You know that there are cultures that do not perform that particular sex act amongst men? I will tell you, there are. You know, it's in the Jewish culture, it's not permitted. Did you know that in the original? You know, I didn't. And, and, I'm, uh, and I'll tell you something else. Amongst the old-style Italians from the old world, they wouldn't do that. It was a sign of weakness. Did you know that? Did you ever watch The Sopranos in, the, in its heyday? Of course. Remember when Uncle June has the girlfriend and they go to a Boca? And uh, he, he loves her and he does whatever, you know, does the thing. And he comes back and somehow she boasts about that in the beauty parlor. And it spreads all over New Jersey in the town he lives in that, you know, he was whistling in the, in the wheat field. That whole thing, and they start spreading it and he hears about it. And he has such shame because in the Italian world, in that Italian gangster world, that was not something a man did unless he was weak. Right. Now, so I would say if I were, again, a young Ph.D. student, I would look at the incidence of, uh, of uh, that particular kind of cancer related to, to what we're talking about, HPV-related, because you just said there's several deep. And I would relate it to lesbians in, in uh, their lifestyle if they were engaged in that in a long period of time. I would also look at traditional cultures which forbid or, or frown upon that type of a sexuality. And I would like to see the incidence in, in all these different groups. See, now that's science. It's kind of curious and funny, but it's also good science. It would be fascinating, wouldn't it? No, no, it's good. And, that, and that's why, well, you know, the sexual proclivities of young people is sex. That's why Governor Perry, I think, was terribly accused in the press. And what he really did by recommending it to young people is because you have to, if you're going to use, use the vaccine, you, you have to use it before kids are sexually active. Well, I'll tell you something about that HPV business. It is not, it is not generically the same in all ethnic groups do you know that i wasn't I, oh yeah they don't want to let you know that either there are certain there's a prevalence that's higher among certain ethnic groups than others and i don't want to go into it because they'll accuse me of one thing or another but i'm talking science here and it's not for this show because everything you say is misinterpreted by the morons who listen so i mean you know left-wing morons will crucify you why are you talking to me today, Doctor? Don't you have anything better to do on this Friday before Labor Day weekend? I find you very entertaining and educational. Wow. Can I send you my book? I got nothing to do here. I want to give you... Did you ever get a copy of A Savage Life? Did you ever get A Savage Life yet? You know what? I, I do. I, I read it. I downloaded it on the iPad. But I'm going to send you a copy. I love it. Will you call the show regularly? Stay in the line. Jim, stop playing with the computer, Jim. Please get the man's address. Look, I want to summarize that whole conversation if it embarrassed anybody out there. It was not meant to embarrass you. It was meant to educate you. We were talking about a very serious thing, your throat cancer, as it relates to sexual proclivities. Either you want to learn or you don't want to learn. You want to learn. You want to end up like Michael Douglas with your hair down to your behind? Well, he survived it. Wasn't there another guy who had another famous guy from the same? Uh, I don't know. It comes up. But uh, the summation is the wisdom of, of Michael Savage's mother. Sex is dirty. That's all you got to remember. If you remember that, you'll never go wrong. Everything else follows from that. If you remember that sex is dirty, you'll never go wrong. It, it proves over and over again the same thing. The guys aren't laughing. They don't think it is funny in its own way. But uh, there's a wisdom in that. See, isn't this better than talking about Comey? God. When I see the word Comey, I want to go comb my hair. That's all I want to do. Speaking of which, I need a haircut this weekend. I've got three days now to think about life and death and eternity. So I don't like the Nat Geo channel, or I don't like anymore looking at skeletons. or It starts to freak me out. Everyone in history is dead. I read history all the time. I think Napoleon's dead. Jesus is dead. Everyone, they're all dead. And he's like, I can't believe that. It's like the way of all flesh. I don't want to actually believe that. That the animated me is not going to be here one day. I don't accept it. How can you walk around with half your mind in, in another world and half your mind in this world? This is the conundrum. Who put us in this place? Who is it who created us where we have to walk around making believe we don't know that we're going to disappear one day and act as though we're never going to leave? How do you live like that? It's enough to make a strong man into a talk show host, I'll tell you. Back in a minute. Savage. You know, this is like the last show in some ways of the year. It's not of the year, but to me it's like the year is over today. Right? And Labor Day weekend symbolizes the end of the summer. I was trying to get at that earlier. And uh, I'm going to be speaking in tongues to you in a minute if, if I stay on the radio any longer. Thank God the show is over in three minutes and 43 seconds. 
because very soon I'll read the synonyms for what I was talking about with the doctor. And uh, once I do that, it's the end of the radio the radio career. I can't do that. You can look it up yourself. Uh, 855-400-7282. If you miss me over the weekend, I still have a website, michaelsavage.com, which we post over the weekend. And then we have at a Savage Nation, which is my Twitter feed. If I get inspired, maybe I'll barbecue on air. Maybe I'll do a, what do they call it? Like your podcast, like your own thing. I don't know what it's called. I do it on Twitter. Should I do one of those? People want, it's like, they want you to do something day and night. I'm going to barbecue and put it on air for you. Why? What, I owe you some entertainment over the weekend. But I get bored, so I may do it. Teddy's living with me. He's doing great. You got to look at him. Oh, I found a picture of Teddy. You know, Teddy, my great dog, Teddy. I love this guy. I mean, I, I don't want to love him again. I almost lost him in the winter, and I had to let go of him. And then he came back, and now he's hanging, and he's doing good. Doesn't cough like he did. But how many summers, you know, after after many a summer dies the swan? A friend of mine just had to cut a leg off a dog got cancer. And, uh, you know, my dog's 16. So I almost lost him. Two years ago, he had cancer of the testicle. I had to cut that off. He bounced off the table. Great guy. But then last winter, he almost died from what dogs get when a little after a while, the esophagus started to collapse on him. So we thought he was gone. But he's back. I love him again. I don't want to love him again. But there's a picture of him, my best friend Teddy at his prime. He is so beautiful. Everyone loves their dog, right? I know it's stupid in a world that's so vicious and mean that you should love a dog, right? Doesn't it make you feel stupid? Oh, I love my dog. In such a vicious world where they kill elephants for the tusks, uh, what they do to bears in China. It's horrible. What they do to dogs, they eat them in China. And we get hung up on our little dogs. So what? I don't care what they do in China. I don't care what they do in Africa. I do everything I can to stop those animals. But meanwhile, I want to love an animal. I love an animal. What's your business? That's how I feel. Like, why should you give so much care to a dog? You know what's coming, by the way. All you people who love Democrat socialism. You think that that little witch, the bartender witch, won't do it? I can guarantee you that that witch will one day say that raising a dog for pleasure is racist. Mark my words, because in China which is their model, all of these so-called Democrat socialists, their hardcore Maoists, all of them. Do you remember during the Cultural Revolution in China, they called dogs a bourgeois uh, convention, and they made them kill their dogs? You don't know any, any of that. Bernie Sanders, oh, China's done so well for the poor. They've raised so many people up from poverty. Yeah, communist Chinese. Yeah, killed all the dogs, killed all the cats, weren't allowed to have a, a house pet in China. That's, that's just the beauty of communism. Uh, there's so many other things I can teach you, but there's only a limited amount of time uh, to do it in. Isn't 25 years enough? It's not really enough when you think about it, because of the making of many books, there is no end, as is written in Ecclesiastes, and of the making of many talk shows, there is no end, according to Savage. And with God's will and your listenership, I'll be back next week. If not, if I get caught in an undertow, or the barbecue should explode and the fire hits me, well, I won't be here. Or a car. I got things going on with cars now. An ass backed into me. I parked. I told you I have ding neurosis. I parked my car in the back of a lot last week, and some jerk backed into me while I was eating, ran away from the lot. Lucky for me, two kids got his picture and his, his license in, 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 the, uh, in the lot. You bum, you, if you're listening, you bum, you mook, you rat. I'll be back. This is the Savage Nation. You mook, you ran away. Westwood One Podcast Network.